welcome to Just an Ordinary Girl. I'm your host. My husband calls me babe, my kiddos call me mama, but you can call me Stevie. I'm Just an Ordinary Girl, helping listeners find the extraordinary life through the extraordinary God. Welcome to another week on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. So I have this question for you this week. How do you deal with messes in your home? When I married my husband, he was a slob and I was a clean freak. He constantly was asking me to leave the mess for a moment and come sit by him. And I was constantly asking him to pick up his messes before sitting down. Now, 20 years into it, we've met a happy medium. He's manageably messy still. And I'm just too tired with four kids to care. But what about real messes of life? What do you do when life seems too messy to settle down or too messy to even care anymore? I've gotten myself in a few messes along the way, and I'm guessing that you have too. So stay tuned, friends. I think there's hope because we have an extraordinary God who can do extraordinary things. My daughter was three years old we got her a big bucket of beads to make bracelets out of I know what you're thinking three-year-olds and beads right well she was such a compliant child she loved small manipulatives and she would sit at the table and make strands of beads for a really long time for her age well one day she asked to take the beads of string into her bedroom for her quiet time I did have a moment of pause but I mean she was only three however We had talked about not putting them in her mouth. We had reminded her she can't put them in her nose. I know, a totally different story there. And finally, we agreed to allow the big bucket of beads in her room. A big bucket of beads. A big mistake. When I went in to get her from nap, quiet time, I opened her bedroom door to the most atrocious disaster I had ever seen in my mothering years. Now granted, I had only been a mom for five years, but it is still the biggest mess I have ever seen in my mothering years. There were beads covering every inch of her floor, every inch. The sweet, compliant child of mine had dumped those beads and then proceeded to scatter them to the ends of the earth. I mean, I can just picture her little hand running across one bead after another until a single layer covered the entire floor. I'm sure it was big fun. And now it was a big mess. And I'd love to say that I responded with grace and mercy. I would love to say that I responded calmly and lovingly. But I most certainly did not. (laughs) I gasped. I said, what in the world, child? What did you do? I told her, you get up right now and clean this mess up. You stay in this room until every last bead is back in that container. And then I gave her that mom look. And I said, you know better, young lady. Yeah. She tearfully got off the bed, and she began to pick up one bead after another off the floor. However, she was three. The room was overwhelming to her. I mean, there literally was beads everywhere. This is not an exaggeration. So after picking up about ten of the beads, she looked up at me with her gorgeous baby brown eyes and the most kissable chubby cheeks and said, Mama, I need help. And there was just no resisting her contract heart and her adorable toddler voice and oh you guys that face 
So for the next hour, we worked on picking up the huge mess. I advised her we pushed the beads from ends of the earth to the center of the room, and she could easily then scoop them up and put them back in the bucket. I didn't do the work for her, but I did help her. I advised her on the best techniques to get big messes cleaned up. I comforted her when she was overwhelmed by it all. And after the last bead was picked up, I drew her into my lap and said, are you going to do that again? And then reminded her, you know, how should we play with our beads? And then I told her that she would never, ever in a million years be allowed to have beads in her room again. And I have stayed to that to this very day. The entire time I was guiding her in her cleanup, I was reminded of how God must feel when we make colossal mistakes with the lives he's given us. Have you ever made a bad decision and then you just sat there and looked at the fallout from it and thought, I can never clean this up. I could tell that my daughter was completely lost in how to even begin to gather all those beads. I could almost feel the desperation radiate off of her because I'd been in the same situation before. Maybe not with beads, but with decisions that I regretted the instance I made them. Life happens that way sometimes. Maybe you're not living for God the way that you should, and you get caught up in a sin that eventually just takes over. You know, drugs can have that effect on a person. They can get so far into it that it snowballs into bad decision after bad decision until the mess is so big that their brains cannot comprehend any way out of it. Bad relationships can get us into the same spot that my daughter was in, sitting in the middle of abuse and tainted love and feeling stuck with no firm direction in sight. That's what bad relationships can do to you. Do you really know that all sin, any sin, can get you in that spot? Anytime you begin to take even the slightest step away from God, you can quickly spiral into a man-made mess that you never intended to get into, whether it be alcohol, drugs, sexual promiscuity, rage, bitterness, or gossip. I'd imagine my daughter started out pouring just a few beads on the floor. It probably sounded cool. It probably hit the the floor just right. She'd been told the best way to keep the beads tidy, but she chose to ignore it. I imagine she poured more, and because I've seen my third and fourth child do this very thing, I'm certain that she then ran her fingers over the pile of beads, and the sound and the feel of the beads spreading out was very pleasurable to her, just like the beginning of a relationship that you know you're not supposed to have in the first place. Just like the numbing effect that alcohol can have after a hard day. Just like the odd comfort of, of anger settling in. When she continued rubbing her hands across those beads and seeing them bounce here, there, everywhere, she most likely got lost in the fun of it all. Not even noticing this big, humongous mess that was happening all over the room. It most likely wasn't until she dumped the last of the beads and scattered the very last bit of them with her hands that she took the time to look around and notice the mess that she had gotten herself into. And that's when she probably climbed into her bed, cried herself to sleep in fear of how it was ever going to be cleaned up. She knew she had gotten herself in a mess. You've maybe been there too, right? It was all fun until you found out you were pregnant, the father's abusive, unloving, and the last person on earth that you'd ever want to raise a child with. It maybe felt good to drown your problems with wine every night, until the problems were still existing, and now so does a drinking problem that you can't conquer. 
I'm sure sulking and venting your anger felt great in that moment. I'm sure justifying it as, well, they deserved it, seemed right. Till now your rage is out of control and you've lost friends and family relationships over it. Maybe it's not quite as severe as some of those scenarios. Maybe you've lived a Christian life your whole life, striving to do the best that you can, but your resentment towards maybe a co-worker has grown so strong that no longer are you even trying to be civil with them. The mess and the sin has made it seem out of control, seems unforgivable, seems too big, too daunting, too heavy, too much, and you just crawl into your bed at night distraught and without hope. Listener, I have some hope to give you today. Unlike my initial reaction to my daughter's disobedience, God does not respond to you in gasps and disbelief. He never points his finger and says, Young lady, young man, you know better. Because he knows that we know that already. He sees our mess and he longs for us to do exactly what my, my daughter did when she realized the mess that she had gotten into, into. He longs for us to look up at him and say, Abba, Father, help. Psalm thirty-four seventeen says, When the righteous call for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. Amen, right? But let me unpack this verse for a minute. When we call for help, he hears. Pretty simple. We call out, he hears. And he rescues us. But please don't mistake rescue to mean that he comes in, cleans it up while you sit and cry, and then poof, things are all done, all better, and we can go on with life. I sure wish that was the case. It'd be much easier. But think for a moment if I had done that with my daughter. If I came rushing in as if she had done nothing wrong, cleaned it all up, would she have learned anything? Most likely not. I'd be cleaning messes forever. Is God able to snap his fingers and remove all the messes that we've created? Absolutely. He is able. But is that how he does it? No. Usually not. Now your sin? Yes. Immediately forgiven the moment you ask. The moment you confess your sin, no matter how big or how small you think it might be, it is gone, forgiven, blotted out by his blood, never to be brought back up again. But the mess? It doesn't always just go away because your sin has. And when we call out for help, help is what we get. I didn't clean that mess up for her, but I did help her. I advised her on how to clean it up and I made, and how she could make the room look right. We started in each corner and we pushed all the beads into one pile. We focused on little areas at a time and I was right there in the room being her cheerleader, reminding her that it was cleanable and that we would get it done. I did have to hold her, hold her a couple of times in the middle of the process, encouraging her to keep working so that her room could be clean. I have done one thing right in parenting. I have trained my kids to value and love a clean room. And so even though they don't do it every day, they know what a clean room should look like. And when it's clean, they love it. They feel peaceful. They feel calm. And so she knew this even at three, that when she got it clean, it was going to make her feel much better. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He maybe won't clean up the mess with the snap of a finger, but he will help make things right. Now, can God instantly take away the urge to do drugs again? Yeah, I've heard many testimonies of that very thing happening. The cravings were gone, never to be returned. But that doesn't happen for everyone. And even if it did, there's still a mess to clean up. 
Things you did while under the influence are still done. People may be still hurt by your actions. Pregnancies still go on, even if they weren't planned. Even if the guy didn't stay around. People are still hurt by your uncontrolled rage, even when you decide to ask God to help you fix the sin. And as hard as that cleanup may be, God will give you strength as you call out to him to help you. He is your refuge when others choose not to forgive you, or maybe they don't trust the change of heart that you're having. The next verses in Psalm 46 say, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Consequences are tough, but we have a Heavenly Father that can guide us through them. Maybe your mess is much bigger than a room full of beads. Please know that I'm not trying to belittle your circumstances, but I can encourage you, please don't belittle the power of God's help as you choose to clean those messes up either. Isaiah 41.10 says not to fear, for he's with you. Do not be dismayed, for God is your God. He will strengthen you, help you, and uphold you with his righteous hand. Sure, you mess up. Sure, you made a mess of things yourself. But God doesn't want to leave you there. There are lessons to learn as we walk this journey. It won't always be easy. What a glorious day when you realize that step by step, he got you out of it. When you can look back and see that testimony, you guys, the the joy is is unspeakable. Messes aren't always, though, made because of blatant disobedience. Sometimes it's just from letting our guard down. We fail to prepare and then we find ourselves in a mess. Just months after marrying my husband and taking on the role of pastor's wife, uh, youth pastor wife at the time, I volunteered to do some painting at our church. This was his church before we got married. I was very new to the church. People didn't know me. The pastor didn't know me. And I came in when no one else was there, and I started to work on little pieces of the wall that needed a touch-up. And because it wasn't a huge job, I figured I could do it without laying down tarps or drop cloths. Yeah, can you see where I'm going with this? I accidentally knocked over a gallon of white paint onto unprotected black carpet of a brand new church that I just started to attend. Oh my goodness, I started scooping like frantically trying to get the the paint back into the bucket, which just slops paint if you don't know. It just doesn't work that way. It's too hard. The damage was done. It was already seeping in. There was no amount of rubbing that I could do to get that out. Now, I wasn't in blatant disobedience. I didn't set out to do anything wrong. I didn't purposely go into the church to mess it up. I didn't turn on, you know, turn my back on all things that were right. I just failed to prepare properly. Sometimes we find ourselves in a mess simply because we became complacent in our walk with God. We stopped reading God's word and letting it penetrate our hearts. So bad habits creeped in. Maybe we enjoyed the few weeks church had shut down last year and we never returned back when they opened back up. Maybe we've gone a few too many days or moments even without praying and our connection to God's cutting in and out. It's like not laying down a drop cloth. Mistakes are made and we're left wondering how we'll clean it up. The solution's the same. Call for help. The Lord hears. He's forgiving and will help us get back on track. I don't think we purposely set out to distance ourselves, but it does happen from time to time. We get ourselves in a hurry and we think, just what I thought. Oh, I won't make mistakes. I'm good. And then because we let our guard down, we find ourselves in a mess. Now, praise God. 
that he will work with us to get us back where we need to be, and he's going to help us clean that mess up too. And when it's cleaned up, we're going to be stronger because of it. There's one more kind of mess that you can find yourself in, one that you didn't get in because of blatant sin and one that you didn't find yourself in because of a lack of discipline. In James 1, the Bible talks of times when we fall into trials. Now, these are the trials that are just there. They aren't from our doing at all. Like when the furnace, the washer, and the stove all quit in a matter of days, leaving you with a financial mess that you couldn't prevent, nor could any amount of right living have kept you from it. Or when a loved one gets sick, or when jobs downsize. This isn't because of your disobedience that you got into this trial, but the mess is still there, right? Good news, though, the solution to cleaning it up is exactly the same for the other two situations. When the righteous call for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The important part here is calling for help. We don't have to do anything alone. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We can ask him for every issue that comes up, help getting out of an abusive relationship, help raising a child on our own, help with alcohol problems, drug addiction, hate in our hearts, bitterness, unforgiveness, complacency, direction in life, strength, faith, comfort, depression, whatever it is you're facing, there is help. Whatever you feel you can't express to anyone else, there's help. Whatever you can't seem to get a grip on, there's help. And his name is Jesus. Help may come in many forms. You may have to distance yourself from harmful people, ask for accountability from close friends. He may lead you to push yourself beyond your own strength. You may have to go without things or give up things or carry things that you don't want to carry. But know that he will give you the strength to do whatever it is that he's asking you to do to get this mess cleaned up. How do I know this? Because the word of God says so. Isaiah 42 or 40, 29 says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Psalm 34, 10 says those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Scripture after scripture, we are reminded that although we might encounter messes in this life, I mean, have you watched the news lately? We serve a mighty God who is the master messer cleaner upper. Friends, no mess you ever get in. No matter how you got yourself there or how the beads got scattered throughout your life, you are worth the effort it takes to clean it up. When you were created, Jesus saw you and still felt that you were worth his sacrifice. Now, I have a podcast planner. It has written in it all the February slots are going to be a message of love. So I was kind of surprised with how this particular message went. I just started going with it. But then I was reminded of why he wants to help us clean up the messes. It's all because he loves us with a passion that we will never understand until we feel the physical touches of his love. He loves us with an everlasting love. He has plans to see us have an abundant life and we will not have those sitting in the midst of a mess that he can help clean it up. He stands by just waiting for us to cry. Please help me. Because he desires for you to be pain-free, for your pain to be cleaned up. He desires for your heartache to be mended. He desires for you to grow in strength. With every mess comes growth. With every mistake comes grace. With every mess comes the opportunity to work alongside him, 
learning and growing as we clean up together. And anytime you need it, he will pull you upon his lap and remind you that you can do this with his help. You can make progress because he's going to strengthen you. He will strengthen you because he loves you and he cannot resist your most adorable face. My three-year-old is a beautiful 14-year-old now. And she never again spread beads all over her room. She was quick to help her younger siblings when they got a hold of the beads. She encouraged them to use them properly, not to make a mess. And when they did, she extended grace and helped them through the process of cleaning it up. Once we've been there and done that and learned with God through it, we're now in a position to help others when they find themselves in a mess of their own. We can share our testimonies, extend our love, aid them in their journey to turn to God for help. What a blessing that is. What a valuable thing experience can be. Messes, they might actually seek you out. The Bible says that Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. So messes are everywhere, and they may truly seek you out. But you know what? That just means that you get to seek God out. You need to seek him out. I know you guys can do it. I know a God who does extraordinary things, no matter how big that mess can be. Thank you for joining me today. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And you know what? I'm begging you to share with all of your messy friends. And will you remember Hebrews 4.16? It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Ordinary Stevie.